0: Welcome to the Be Light podcast, where we discuss letting go of the mess, being the light God calls us to be, and not only being the light, but actually feeling light as we release it all and experience the unsurpassing joy of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you leave feeling encouraged and a little lighter. Hi, everyone. We are back, and we are pumped to be back and kicking this back off. It's been a long time. It has been a few months. We kept on saying, oh, we're going to start back in January. And then all of a sudden it's March. I have no idea what has happened to the last several
1: months. No kidding. It has been a long time. Hi, everybody. <laughs>
0: so during our last few podcasts we discussed, um, I, think, I feel like the last thing that we discussed was kind of one of the reasons that we took a break. We had discussed how my grandfather wasn't doing great. Um, and then we haven't been back since then. But um at the end of October, uh, he did end up passing away, and mom was gonna talk about that.
1: Yeah, my dad had been in a nursing home for three months, and uh, he, he actually did very, very well the whole time he was there. And then just one day, they called and said he wasn't doing well. And my husband and I came, and daddy's last words to me were, I love you, Lynn. And several hours later, he passed. But I wanna tell you that the moment he passed, yes, I cried like normal, but I also was immediately excited because I knew for a fact that right then and there, my daddy had passed from this earth and he was renewed, he was healthy, he was young, he's with my mom hanging out. And I just said, I'll see you soon, daddy, I love you. and. I do cry once in a while, normal cry, but I'm not in horrible grief. Because whenever I start reminiscing and I get real sad, God just taps me on the shoulder and says, Remember where he is. It's not final, it's actually the beginning. And honestly, Amber, this kind of leads me into what we were what we're going to talk about today, which is worship. And the verse that I wanted to share goes along with what I'm saying and just follow with me you'll you'll get it in a second. Uh, it's John 4 23 and 24 yet a time is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth that's Jesus talking and Honestly, if I didn't have the spirit of God in me, there is no way I could have rejoiced at my dad's last breath. There's no way I can get actually excited to literally know that I'm going to be with him again. So he's just not gone. He's just not here. And we never, 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 never die. We just enter a new life. So I think that is a huge part of worship is recognizing that this earth is so temporal and whatever this world throws at us it's okay it's not the end it is just a time we're living to be a witness to others and we get to move forward which gives me all the more reason why i want to show others who jesus is And a big way to do that is to worship. And I think worship is not just going to church and raising your hands and singing, which is all wonderful. It is how we live and how we choose to live and having the spirit of God in me reveal to me where my dad is as a reality, not just a, not just, yeah, yeah. I hope, you know, my dad's there and no, it's real. It's as real as I am here right now talking to you.
0: Yeah. And I can testify to the way she reacted because I was on the phone with her first and we were talking and she was telling me how Oprah was doing. And then she said, well, hang on one second. She said, um, your dad's calling me in there. So then my dad got on the phone and next thing I know I could hear, um, I could hear her just rejoicing. And she was saying, daddy, you're home now, you're home now. And she was like laughing and and just super just joyous. And, Um, it was just a real witness to me to even hear that. And then my dad said he just took his last breath and my mom was telling the nurses how exciting it was for him and, and, you know, that she'll see him again. And I was just thinking what a witness to them too. So I don't know, mom, it was, it was amazing to hear that. And, you know, you were talking about, um, how that's a part of worship and, and also how, you know, sometimes we think about worship is being synonymous with the idea of singing at church. A lot of times we hear praise and worship and singing the word of God and raising our voices and praise to him are definitely forms of worship, but worship can be done all day, every day, you know, whether we're in a church pew or sitting in the middle of our living room with piles of laundry surrounding us. That's right. You know, and the kids and dogs are running around us like little crazies tracking mud around us everywhere. <laughs> that last part <laughs> <ages 18. laughs> Right now we have been in a cycle of like rain, Snow, then it melts, and then it's just mud. So that's what we've been living in lately. And so, in the <laughs> middle of it, I'm thinking, okay, God, how can I worship you in this moment? Is it possible? And over and over again, He is showing me different ways that, yeah, it is possible. You know, my mom and I were talking the other day, and she said, Amber, you know how your backsliding door is covered in mud during these days because of the dogs? She said, well, what if you were only focused on the mud? You didn't attempt to see out through the dirty window, and all you could see was the dirty window. And this really resonated with me, because in that moment, that was exactly what I was doing. I was just looking at the mud. My mind was on the muck. (laughs) And then she said, if you did this, then you would miss the woods behind your house. You would miss the tall trees, the greenery, the leaves, and God's creation. And I was missing it. I was missing the fact that there will always be chaos and muck, but in the midst of it, we are able to worship. And we were actually created to do so. And without worship, we tend to become ungrateful. And we start to believe the lie that everything rests on us. And, you know, we start to take on everything, including taking credit for the accomplishments we've done and things we've obtained. And when we worship, we are starting to take the attention off of ourselves and just straight on to Him.
1: You know, that's exactly right. And something that God showed me a long time ago, I don't know if I read this or God just revealed to me directly. I don't know, but it is a God thing for sure. You know, like what you're talking about, the mud and the dogs and on like that, you know, years ago, I was writing a little Thanksgiving thing and it was something like this, you know, thank you, Lord, for all the laundry that I actually have to do. Thank you, God, for the house that I have to clean. Thank you, God, for the the dirty dog feet. That's attached to the dog that I have. I mean, when you flip it and say, well, yeah, I've got to clean the house, but oh God, thanks that I have a house to clean. That right there is true worship. It is attitude. It is attitude of the heart and how we choose to see things. And you're right, Amber. You just ask God, Lord, help me to have your perspective. Help me to see things the way you see them. And it changes everything.
0: You know, so much of it has to do with that thankful attitude. You know, through worshiping, we start to see the world and the people around us and even the people we live with and even the dogs through the lens and the light of God. And our minds are focused on God, on thanking him and celebrating life for his glory and not our own. And suddenly our hearts become a lot less selfish and a lot more God-centered.
1: Yeah. And, you know, something else, you know. I'm not really diverting it. It kind of triggered something you said too. you know, we've got a bunch of junk going on in this world and I'll be honest, you know, right now we're in a political season, I'm not going to talk politics. I promise. But I, for one can get really wrapped up because it's what you said. It's, I think if I just do this, I can make a change. If I just do this, if I just do that, like we can change it, we can change it. Or this one person is the answer. Nope it's God. God is the answer. We pray to God, not just for the answer. We pray thanking God that he is the answer. When it comes to politics, whatever preference you have, you pray and say, Lord, first of all, pray for your leaders. God tells us to pray for our leaders. When we obey God, that is worship. It just softens your heart. It changes the course of your heart. It changes your attitude. It can change your whole demeanor. And it probably makes you better able to listen to other person people's point of view and perhaps even sway them from your point of view. But the key is don't ask for your point of view anymore. Say, Lord, what is your point of view? How do you want me to see each of these people? How do you want me to pray for them? I will tell you, that is what's going to change the course of America is just going back to the answer, rendering our hearts towards God. Amber, that is worship. And I'm not just talking about that, the coronavirus. the 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 violence, the all the accusations against each other that we hear filter through our our Facebook messages and our and our media has been until you go to the truth, which is God, that's it. That's the answer.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. By worshiping God, you know we start to begin lifting that weight off of our shoulders. And we start to surrender ourselves, our pain, our confusion, our hurts, and mm-hmm. you know what we think we need. And we start to put our rest and reliance in him. You know, you feel all that pressure. And then whenever you're just like, you know what, God, I surrender. And that's part of worship. And um, the verse I wanted to read was uh, Psalm 86, 9 through 10. It says, all the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. And when I read this, I thought, you know, we're created by God to worship him. So we don't worship because God did this or that for us. Those things are amazing blessings. And yes, we need to be fully thankful for those things and and full of thanksgiving towards him in our prayers and, you know, with everything we have. However, we are called to worship God just because he is. He is all Mm -hmm. things. He is above all things. And, And that's it you know, we are created to worship Him and bring glory to Him. So, Mom, what do you think, what does worship really look like? Like, if we were going to be talking about some tangible things, if you know, what does it really look like to worship?
1: For me, it's really what we're talking about. It's first and foremost, surrendering ourselves to God, giving Him our fleshly desires, giving Him our temptations, just giving Him our perceptions. You know, there's a A real popular saying right now, it's my truth. Well, I can really understand that when it comes to relativism, like, you know, my truth is I don't like blue and yours is that you do. Okay, that's fine. But when we're talking about my truth, when it comes to believing in what Jesus says or not, everyone has their own personal experiences, their own personal life stories. And if we have no one to base it on, but ourselves, that is our truth. Well, that means there's billions of my truths out there. So what's true? But when we worship God, we say your truth. Your word is divine. Your word is literally you. John 1.1 says that the word is God. And John 1.14 says that Jesus is the word. That's pretty clear. Jesus is God and he's truth and he's it. So when we read the word of God, We practice it. We practice thinking it. We practice obeying him. We do the things he wants us to do. That's worship. That's what it looks like. And yes, when you go to church and most churches, at least the ones I've been in, begin with uh, singing and praising God and having just a, I I consider that like a downtime. For me, it's meant to just get your focus off of you and get your focus onto God and prepare ourselves for the message, which is wonderful. But the real worship, well, that's not, not that that's not real worship, but the worship should continue when we walk out those doors. How are we going to treat our husband and wife in the car? What are we, how are we going to treat our kids? How are we going to treat that waitress when we go out to lunch? Are we going to give them a good tip or not a tip at all? What are we going to do or anything in between? Are we going to extend the worship by being givers and friendly and forgiving and everything else that goes with it? That's what true worship looks like. It's for people to be able to see God in us because we are literally worshiping in spirit and truth. It's the Holy Spirit in us transforming us into the new creation that he says we are.
0: You know, you mentioned spending time to get into his word, and that's one thing I've thought a lot about, um, you know, worshiping means setting aside intentional time to gaze upon his word and his creation and to speak to him through thankfulness and prayer. You know, we set aside time for things that are important to us, even things that aren't super important, like Netflix shows, social media, et cetera. And, you know, you have to think, do we set aside time consistently focusing on God and his glory just for the sake, just for his sake and not our own and just getting to know him. Pastor Timothy J. Keller, he said, God directs his people not simply to worship, but to sing his praises before the nations. We are called not simply to communicate the gospel to nonbelievers. We must also intentionally celebrate the gospel before them. Mm -hmm. And I really like that um, because part of worshiping God is to not only share the gospel with others, but that they actually see the joy of God in your everyday actions. They see how you react when times are difficult or challenging. However, it's not that you will never struggle and you just hide it from the world when you do, but that people see who you turn to when you're having a hard time. Do you find joy and peace in him and celebrate the promise and gift of hope God has given you in Jesus Christ? It's that inner joy and peace that others can see that that's part of worship.
1: Absolutely. And it can't, you can't be phony about it. You can't just pretend, well, I can't let them see that I'm upset. I can't, no. It has to be the transformation. It has to be that worship and spirit and truth. It's the Holy Spirit in you prompting you, you know what? You should give up your anxiety to me. Hey, quit talking about that person. You need to forgive that person. Hey, start enjoying and appreciating what you've got instead of wanting more and more and more. It's, and God doesn't condemn us, He prompts us to call us to be more fruitful, more productive, more joyful. And the more we let go of ourselves and just like you said, get to know God for his sake, not ours. That's when everything busts wide open. All the chains of anxiety and everything starts falling off. And it's real. People see it as being real because it is God's character and grace and love are manifesting themselves in us. And so when people see that, they see him in us, not just us. That doesn't mean we don't Confide in our friends, people we trust, and that look out for our best interest and tell them our heartaches. It doesn't mean we don't cry. It doesn't mean we don't even say bad words occasionally. It does mean that when we do, we're seeking God. When you fall, slip and fall, and you do something you know is wrong, you say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you that I've already been forgiven 2,000 years ago. And so I'm calling on you now to give me the strength to continue to walk the walk and not keep falling. And then we, when we talk about anxiety or our troubles or our stresses, it's because we want to find an answer and we want to really do what's right, not because you want to just grab and complain and be heard. That's huge. So, it, it's it's the real deal. It's the spirit in us prompting us. We're hearing and we're following. In Psalm one hundred
0: one through two, it says, "Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs." You know, and earlier we talked about how worship, a lot of times we think of singing. And, and that can totally be your form of worshiping God. I, I, when I go to church, that's one of my favorite parts. Um, but for those of you who may be new to church or just don't get the people who have their hands up while they sing, let me try to explain it, at least from my perspective. First of all, it needs to be in your heart and not something done for show to those around you. But now that I've said that, when I raise my hands up in the air, it feels like surrender. It feels Mm -hmm. like I'm becoming smaller, reminding myself of His greatness. It is also surrendering my thoughts of what people may think and totally pouring into and relying on Him. Can you do this without your hands raised? Of course, Um, you know, it's just something that, you know, if the Spirit's moving you to do that, then that's great, but this is just some reasoning behind why why some raise their hands in case you're unfamiliar with it. I know um, growing up, I didn't see that in church. And then by the time I got to college, I saw it all the time. So it, it was definitely <clears throat> a change for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says in Job twelve seven through 10, it says, But ask the beasts, and they will teach you, the birds of the heavens, and they will teach you, or tell you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you, Who among these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. And I remember being younger and my uncle saying that oftentimes his church was riding up in the pasture on his ranch early in the morning and watching the sunrise. And I've often thought about this as I sit out on my porch or I'm just sitting outside or driving around, listening to the wind through the trees and seeing the sun peeking through casting shadows. And that's why we also love to go hiking as a family. It's one of our favorite things to do because when we do that, we're discussing his creation. We're immersed in his creation. We're walking through it. We're letting it surround us. We're breathing in the sense. We're seeing the animals scurrying around. We're living, you know, they're out there just living their lives and God's providing for them. And we're able to see that. We hear water and we see how it continually moves and how God crafted all these things just perfectly. And in Psalm 66 4, it says, All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So when you take moments to pause and just marvel at his creation, you're worshiping.
1: Yeah, you are. And I, I do. So there's times that sometimes I've just observed bubbles just looking at a bubble, I think it is absolutely 100% perfectly round. It has, it's unique to anything else that's on our planet. It is total beauty and simple, and it's not alive. And it's going to disappear. It's going to disappear at any given second. Yet God created bubbles. I mean, oh my goodness what a joy. What a, And you can, if you start seeing things like that, it changes everything. And I also want to talk about the church as well, Amber. And I appreciate what you said about raising hands and the, because so many feel, people feel that way. And when in my first experiences in church, my very first church experience wasn't like that, but I was, I was, I was born again in the seventies in California and it was very free and very relaxed. And I really liked it. And, um, I'm very used to seeing that. But you know what? I've never been one of those. I occasionally will raise my hands, and I have to confess, sometimes I feel uncomfortable. Even if others are raising their hands around me, I still feel a little bit uncomfortable. But there are times during all the praise and worship in a church that I just feel like sitting down. And I do. (laughs) And I don't feel uncomfortable doing that. And I might be the only one doing it. But when i sit down i actually focus a lot more times on the music i'm not tired (laughs) (laughs) but i also start looking around the room too and sometimes god impress my heart to pray for someone across the aisle and all of a sudden i'll just start thinking about that person and i'll just start praying for them then i'll start praying for the congregation as a whole then i'll start praying for the preacher and i believe that i'm worshiping too so whatever your form of worship is, never feel uncomfortable. If the spirit of God's prompting you, then that's, that's you and God. And it's wonderful. There's no set way it's supposed to look. And that's what, you know, we're talking about. It's personal. Absolutely. I think
0: the main thing is to know that worship is every day. It's every moment. It's can be found in everything you do, even the mundane, the things that you're doing every day. You're, going to school every day, or you're working with your kids every day, or whatever it is, you're going to your, to your office and you're around the same people every day, but those people have a lot going on too. So these are just constant opportunities and they're always changing, um, to show worship, to show worship to, um, non-believers and believers, um, because they may be down. So there's just constant opportunity for that. And I feel like every time that I spend time thanking God for things and and just spending that time like I was speaking about earlier about just looking at his creation and marveling at his creation all of a sudden my mind is taken off of me and whatever I have going on and piling up around me and it's focusing now on him and that is where the worship is is whenever you're taking your focus off of yourself placing it on him and and worshiping him for his glory because that's what we're here for and that's what we're created for is to glorify him that that's exactly
1: right Amber and <clears throat> excuse me That is, is what it's all about. And the mundane can be exciting. And you know, there's some, I've heard this there. Some Christians will say, and I've done it too. You know, I just wish I could go in the mission field, but I can't blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's a great desire, but I have news for you. Every single one who's listening, you're on the mission field because you live on planet earth. And that is the mission field. Satan is alive and well on planet earth. He is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But when people see God in us by living the worship, they're going to want what we have. They're going to ask about it and we'll be real because it's the spirit of God in us doing it. So that's it right there. So I just, uh, I encourage you all just to let go of you and let God be his full self in you. And it's awesome.
0: And I love that you said that real quick, just the fact that you are exactly where you are for a reason and a purpose. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I thought, why am I here? Why am I living in Ohio? It's not, it's by no accident. The people I'm Mm -hmm. around, the neighborhood I'm in, um, all of it, it's by no accident. So these are all different ways that we can enact worship in our everyday lives. Mom, I'm glad we're back. This was Me fun. Too. This was a I lot know. of fun. Do you have anything do you have anything going on the rest of this week? What is today? I don't even know. I don't know when we're going to publish this, but what it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's
1: Wednesday. <laughs> yes, and it's the very beginning of March and I have a confession to make. I finally finished taking down all my <laughs> Christmas decorations. Uh, started doing it two weeks ago. I take down my tree in the mid-January, but all the other little trees and snowmen stay up all the way through February because it's winter. So I finally just bit the bullet and <laughs> took it all down. It only took me two weeks because I do a little at a time. Don't get stressed over it. I decorate as I go. Then I do other things during the day. So. Today was the absolute final. I finally picked up the snowman rugs off the floor <laughs> and I've got florals on the floor. Whee!
0: Big day, big day. No, what? seriously, every time I called her, I'd be like, mom, <laughs> what are you doing? And she'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm taking down the Christmas decorations. I'm like, are you? Because pretty sure you've been doing that like for the last week. And it it literally lasted two weeks. I mean, she's like, I, I, did, did. I did the dresser today.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds productive. The deal is, the deal is, I'm really now. It's easier for me. I have to confess, I am retired, so I am able to do it in increments. And when I get sick of looking at it, I just go, okay, break time. It's all good. I do chair yoga now, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> and just, Any injuries <laughs> in this chair yoga that we need to know about? Oh yeah, my first. Actually, I'm pretty excited. I, I do chair yoga with my cousin, and. So when I was doing chair yoga, and we do all these stretches with our arms and stuff. And when I first started it, my left arm, I left my last yoga injury that you all know about, (laughs) it was hurting. But yesterday I told her, guess what? My arm doesn't hurt me anymore. I'm stretching it out and it feels so much better. And so I'm so excited about that. But anyway, I'm just learning to pace myself and find enjoyment in doing it and not letting it frustrate me. But I also have to tell you all that when I was working full time, I would put every single thing away and have the whole house redecorated over the weekend, which wore me out for Monday, which I know you all most likely do too. So yeah, I have the benefit of just being retired. I have to confess. <laughs> one dresser at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one dresser at a time. No, I did the bathroom one day. Took out all Christmas. <laughs> I decorated every single room and every single surface. So yeah.
0: Well, fun. Well, love you, Mom. And we look forward to coming back and visiting with you all soon.
1: Amber? Yeah. You didn't say what you've been doing lately besides cleaning dog
0: feet. I I clean dog feet on the regular right now. But we do have the sunshine today, which I feel like where we live in Ohio or maybe Ohio in general, I'm not real sure in the winter. It's pretty great. So I'm happy to see the sun went out in it today so that was exciting um we had basketball this week so that takes up our time around here but it's been great last weekend of basketball so yeah that's just fun. just kids stuff and homeschool all week but it's been good
1: that sounds great amber you're an organized human being oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you are <laughs> because you organized this podcast that's pretty amazing to me
0: yeah. Thank you, it, by the way. Oh, sure. It's been so long this, since, since we did it. It literally probably like my mom and I like 30 to 40 minutes to get this set up for today.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But we did it.
0: But we're here. So yep. we look forward to Talk. being back. Hope you have a great week.
1: All right. Hope you have a great week too, Amber and all of y'all. And be light. Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye. So dear Lauren, I thank you so much for this podcast and all of those that are listening. I pray that we find ways to worship you every day, all day. I pray that we see you and the people in our lives that you have given us the opportunity to be a light to. I pray that as we go on walks this week or even just look out of our windows, that we thank you for your beautiful creation. Lord, I thank you for everything you are, and I pray that you will show us ways to glorify and worship you as we go into our weeks. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This week's memory verse is Psalm 66, 4, where it says, All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. This is just a powerful reminder of how sovereign God is and how we celebrate His sovereignty through worship and praises. And this week's call to action is just be intentional about worshiping the Lord this week. That can mean just sitting down and looking at His creation and meditating on it and just thanking Him for it. Dig into His Word and be intentional about it. Pray that God will show you ways to glorify Him by the way you treat those around you. Worship can easily be done in the way you listen and react to those around you. Over all of this, prayer and thankfulness is such an amazing way to glorify God and to worship Him each day and can be done all throughout your day. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to join us next week as my mom and I discuss the most recent changes that have taken place in regard to the coronavirus. I'm really looking forward to discussing what God has been revealing to us when it comes to finding the calm in the midst of the storms in this life. Hope you have a great week.
1: Have a good week and be light!